So I said there were three areas we wanted to focus on today. We heard from Justin, gave us a bit of a lowdown on Mount Morgan, and um, he forgot to mention, I have to mention it for him, that there's, um, you know, people need to volunteer to go and join them on a Sunday morning. Um, it's a small congregation up there, and when you join in, even if you go once a month or once every six weeks, it makes a difference. These are our brothers and sisters up the mount, and we love them, and they're a part of us, and we're a part of them, so when you go up there, you're going to church. <laughs> Just the same as when you come here, you're going to church, and the service is conveniently located at 10 a.m. in the morning instead of 9.30, so you can leave home at the same time. And their service is about half an hour shorter, so you can conveniently get home at the same time. So it makes no difference to your day at all, except you make a difference to them. So talk to Justin and consider visiting Mount Morgan, um, you know, regularly, like once a month or once every six weeks, and being a blessing to them. The way is something new we're doing this year. So we don't have all the details yet, but be a part of it. And as soon as Philip opens it up to young ladies, leap in. Because <laughs> I imagine being able to reverse a trailer and everything else that's going to be done will help everyone, not just young men. But the third area we wanted to talk about today is actually video. And then I'm going to finish with some thoughts about our entire calling today. Now, I'm going to, Jonathan's going to help me in just a second to talk about video. But... Um, the Lord has called us to apostolic mission. And that was one of the slides. That was the slide we saw with mum and dad dressed in what looks like bathrobes. And by the way, I must mention Maasai. Those, it looked funny to our Western eyes, but that's a huge honour. What they experience, that photo represents huge honour in Africa. And if any Africans are listening, you know, they would say these Westerners don't get it. No, well, some of us get it. It's a huge honour. But culture being what it is, we don't always understand instantly what's in, you know, what we see. So that photo might have looked like just pyjamas, but no, it represents a huge honour. And we have huge honour all around the world with this apostolic message. And many years ago, um, we know... My, my dad and, and the other pastors, David, Tony, and a few of us, we were all praying because it was an impossible job. To, this apostolic message, you can't get it everywhere by doing a lot of traveling. I mean, we'll st we still do the mission trips, but it became clear through the Lord's voice that video was needed. Back then, we all thought we needed to start a television studio like, you know, Channel 9. <laughs> I mean, it was the way we understood it. And, um, but as time has gone on, it's become obvious that, no, the Lord was completely correct. It was video and television, but no, it was YouTube. And so it's become clearer as time has gone along. So we've, we've, we're doing more with YouTube and we're getting into it. But our YouTube channel is not a side thing in the church. It's one of the main things we do. And it's hugely important And um, because it's... It's one of the ways that we can get a message out there in the world, and increasingly it is getting out there in the world. It's affecting people in lots of different places. And um, so the YouTube channel isn't just a side thing. It's not just a part of our social media strategy. It's a tool that the Lord has given us. In fact, the Lord even said years ago, use video. And I wish we were a bit more clued up to the idea of YouTube 10 years ago because we would have been in a, a much further advanced place than what we are now. 
But we are in an advancing place with YouTube. And so we have a team of workers with YouTube, about eight people that work with video and video editing and things like that. So we have a team of volunteers that do all that we're doing. But we're going to show you a little bit this morning of where it can go. We're going to invite your prayer and, in some cases, your participation in, in all the things that will be needed for the future. And in any case, if you're sitting here on a Sunday morning, you will from time to time be in the videos. So don't pick your nose and um, smile and always look happy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your demeanor is, is having an effect. And um, so our YouTube channel has been growing. And for many, many years, we had a goal to hit 5,000 subscribers. And um, I remember we, back when we had you know, 200 or 300 subscribers, and I remembered reading that you could not monetize your channel, you know, make money off YouTube, until you had 1,000 subscribers. Oh, that was our goal. We had to get to 1,000. We got to 1,000 and we monetized, and then we discovered these wretched ads. They're no good for the gospel. They pop up in the middle of sermons. They stop people from focusing on the Lord's work. Uh, we demonetize. We turn that off. We don't want to make money if it's going to stop the work of the Lord from going ahead. We want the word of the Lord to go into people's hearts. So we turn off monetization so we don't make money on our YouTube channel, except where people choose to give us money as a gift. If you want to bless us with finances to help our video, you go for it. And there's a way of doing that, which we're not going to explain right now. But we don't make money from ads like so many YouTube channels, even though we could, because we want the word to get out there. So then our next goal was 5,000 subscribers, and we hit that last year. You know, it took us years to, to get to these increments, but in about, only about eight months, we hit 6,000. It started to grow faster. In fact, in around about, we were getting about 60 new subscribers a month, and then in October, something just went, started to, it just, picked up a notch somehow, all on its own. And in the last 28 days, we've had 211 new subscribers. So we're getting about 200 a month now. It just jumped. And this is the nature of growth with YouTube, is it's not um, numerical and the just add-on. It's not addition. It's more like hyperbolic. So it, it just goes like this and just starts to climb like crazy. So it might take you 10 years to get to 5,000, but in another 10 years, you're at 10 million. So it's, it's like a completely different curve. So we're just, I feel like, at the beginning of this curve where we've stopped growing from dribs and drabs. We've started growing at 200 a month. That's more subscribers last month than the amount of people in this room. You think we're preaching one, this is one Sunday morning with you know, less than 200 people, but we've had more than 200 people in the last four weeks decide to subscribe to our YouTube channel because there's content there they think is important for their life and their faith. So investing in video is a way of getting the message the Lord has given us out there and will impact more and more people as time goes on. So I have to say, YouTube isn't a side thing. It's a very important part of what the Lord has called us to do. So support the video ministry in any way you can, definitely by your prayers. Um, and of course, Jonathan especially, but me as well, we're learning all the time about video, um, how to make better videos, how to conduct yourself in videos. Uh, we're learning about how YouTube works as a system. I've been reading a book about video in social media, and I 
this bloke I've been listening to, he said, just this last week, he said, when you get to 10,000 subscribers, YouTube actually makes their own studios available to you to use one day a week. Now, they've got the best gear in the world. They've got, sadly, their studio, their nearest one's in Sydney. So we can't really make use of that. But we're so, when you get to 10,000 subscribers, they acknowledge you as somewhat substantial and they make available to you the best equipment in the world to make video. So that's an inspiring thought, but we can't make use of it. When you get to 20,000 subscribers, something happens in the YouTube algorithm where they start promoting you more. So that would be part of that hyperbolic thing we talked about. So my goal for the moment is 20,000 subscribers. I want to see the channel get to that point, at which point we will see their algorithm cut in and we'll grow even faster. So pray for that. When you get to 50,000 subscribers, apparently on a monetized channel, that's when the channels start to become self-supporting. You start to make substantial money at about 50,000 subscribers. We won't be monetizing, um, but um, it's, the, it's the level at which you start to have a bit of a, a significant effect. And then when you get to 100,000 subscribers, they say that that's the level where YouTube channels start getting approached by people like companies who want to sponsor things. You start getting commercial connections and government connections because you've got enough clout. And when you get to 100,000 subscribers, I'm pretty sure that's the level that YouTube sends you a play button. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like a, kind of like a trophy you put on the, on the counter. And it's, there's various play buttons. There's a gold one, a silver one, a platinum one. These are kind of like just an acknowledgement of your impact. So it'd be great one day to have a YouTube play button in the office to show that we've reached 100,000. <laughs> but that, all of that's ahead. But we've got to do what we can do now to do more with what we've got. And it's not just a sidelight, it's a very important part of our local, it's local ministry, but it's affecting the world. I'm going to invite Jonathan to come and tell us about just some things we might be able to do to be even more impactful. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, David. Good morning, everyone. Okay. The opportunity that we have before us right now to make the most of YouTube and video is we need to build a purpose-built studio. And we have the place. You know, you used to go through the curtain there and end up in Narnia. <laughs> but in the future, you go through the curtain and there'll be a TV studio. But when we say TV studio, we're talking about a space, a very practical space, high ceilings, every wall could be a different set, and acoustic treatment, you know, artwork, backdrops, and lighting and plants and whatnot, and it will work for solo videos, it'll work for group videos. We just need to build a space that's ready to go that we can use for all sorts of different projects. A growing area in video is also Zoom and lifting the quality of Zoom. And I know that John and David have both had invitations to say preach to conferences via Zoom. So before they would fly in and do it, but sometimes, and it's a growing area too, they'll, they'll get invitations to do this digitally. And we need a place that if they choose to do that here, they can. I'd like to get kits that we can have them set up at home. So as that comes up, they can look the best that they can look. 
And there's very simple things we can do, getting away from using the webcams and laptops and getting cameras higher and a few lights, and we can make them look great and present them better and frame the message better too. YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world to Google. And people now are sitting on their couch at home saying, hey Google, tell me how to tie my tie. And a video will pop up. So they're not even always typing the search in. And by having a purpose-built space, we can be quite reactive and quick, quick to produce things because it's all ready to go. It's difficult when you have little hurdles like you have to set up gear, have to pack it down, it's hot. Uh, and the way that we do it now is not efficient. So we can then create targeted, well we need to, this is the reason why we need the studio, we need to create targeted specific videos on very precise subjects so they come up in searches. It doesn't take away from what we do on a Sunday, super important, people tune in, you never know what comes out of a message on a Sunday, but to complement that is the studio videos. And it means that um, we can make the most of when visitors are here and it just has so many applications. It also has applications for producing content for our own church programs, like Peace After Dark, like Sunday School, that if we have a place, we can do easily bedtime stories for kids from the Bible. Or we can shoot stuff for the School of Apostolic Ministry. You get what I'm saying. It's all there and it has, it's, it's so versatile to make use of. And when we produce content like For The Way, these are things that other ministries and churches can pick up and use in their place too. I don't know if you've heard of this, but the first full feature film ever produced was made by the Salvation Army in the 1900s. And they owned their own production company. And this film, The Soldiers of the Cross, was a landmark in the Australian film industry, being one of the first as well. It's inspiring to take from them their attitude towards getting a hold of what was current and new and the tech and saying, we're going to use that for the Lord. And I'd like to encourage us all to, to see YouTube afresh, to see creating content afresh, and to say we could be at the forefront of these things. Like they're at the very end, the pinnacle, doing the thing first. But for our faith, we can believe that we can be at the forefront. We could have the studio in Rockhampton that YouTube says, hey, if you need to film on, because you're this size, Peace Church, they have the best studio in town. Like why not believe that we could move towards something like that, just like what these guys did. I encourage you to read more on that on Wikipedia. So currently, David and others, we set up in the corner over here in front of the library. We don't have a dedicated space. It's quite hot. We have to pack down, pack up. You can walk in, you can disturb him. It's just not the best. And quickly, just a little case study here. The frame on the left is the very first video David did for the Bible videos in Genesis. And the photo on the right is one just from last week. 
And the only difference between these two things is we invested in a few lights, we upgraded the mic, and we just moved him to a different place, to a set. So these are the kinds of steps we can take if we have a space. We can level our videos up quite easily and present them in such a more, um, in a way that's more palatable to the user, a way that you might retain their attention more and produce a different kind of video with B-roll and other cuts and, and different things too. You remove distractions as well. So this room would be excellent to be able to do this. There he is. Another quick case study. So on Friday, I took this screenshot, hard to see some of our analytics. But over here on the right, that is telling us that uh, Uncle John's message defeating the power of accusation in the last 48 hours of that day had got 1,100 views, which all of a sudden, it just spiked. So then I could dive down and look at the analytics, and there was a ministry in Canada that had promoted it, I think, and then some people were going direct to our page, and YouTube saw that and started feeding it out as well. So these are the kinds of things that when they happen, what we can do is, on Monday, we can say, John, do you have a spare slot this week in your schedule? Come in, let's make some more videos on accusation, put them up because it's trending, and then it just adds to the algorithm or audience being able to consume the content. The other thing we could do is call or contact these people and say, hey, we noticed you shared that, thank you so much. Could we do a video link up? Would you like to do a live chat with John, talk about that message more? These are the kinds of things that if we have the space, we can do, and it just will exponentially add to what we do as well. So what can you do? You can pray. We, we will be calling on people to give, to contribute towards it. Also volunteer. We're going to need to have a working bee to turn it from Narnia to an empty space. We're going to have to do some construction, you know, electric, electrical, all those usual things. So um, just keep it in your prayers too that we would have success on YouTube. And um, I guess the takeaway, a little takeaway is to remember the passion of those early Salvationists with making the first feature film and having the faith again that, that can see that we can do things to be at the forefront um, in this tech area. So thank you, David. So that's the third of our three areas today. And um, we've got so many fingers in so many pies. We can't talk about it all, but the Lord is up to things with us. And we're able to achieve a lot by grace and by the wonderful help of so many people. So at some point, concerning video, at some point over the weeks, we'll have a working bee, we'll clear out um, over that side, and then we'll build some frames and run some wires and put some plasterboard in. And we'll chip away at it like we did with the prayer room. And sometime this year, we'll have a, a video room. So it's bit by bit. It's constant growth and improvement, not just with video, but with lots of things. And so your contribution and especially your prayers are greatly valued. I have a few thoughts I want to share before we close with some important prayers. We're going to pray three prayers this morning. 
And that's because we have a church list. <laughs> and in a minute, I'll tell you what the three things are on our church list. And we're going to pray for all three of them this morning unitedly. So that'll be, just give me five minutes and we'll get to that. Um, as a church, we're really called in two, in two main areas. We're called with an apostolic message, which is a kind of a global and out there thing. But we're also called to be a local church. And uh, so we're called to love our community of Rockhampton, to pray for it, to share the gospel with, like we do with Kids Hope, to love local people and, and be, you know, love your neighbour and uh, bake a meal for someone in a hospital, all those being a Christian on the ground where you live. We're called to be a, a local ministry and a global ministry. And it's not one or the other, it's both. And some of the things we do, like uh, video are more tuned towards the out there. Some of the things we do, like Sunday school, are more tuned to the here. But we do all of them because the Lord's called us to do them all. We, we are really the servant of the Lord, we together. So we're here not for our own sakes, but we're here for him. The Lord calls us to follow him and to serve him. So it's not about what we want, it's about what he wants. Which is another reason why listening prayer is a big part of our calling. We take that time to sit with the Lord and say, Lord, what are you saying to us and then when we hear his voice, we, we obey because we are the servants of the Lord. Now, I thought to myself, we're an interesting servant because when you first think of servants, you might think of slaves, you know, like the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Well, we're not that type of a slave, I don't think. The Lord's not cruel anyway. Or, you know, you might think of African-American slaves who pick the cotton. We're not that type of a servant or a slave. We're more like, you think of Joseph, who was sold into slavery, but eventually uh, rose to be in charge of Potiphar's house. So he was a servant, but he had great individual freedom, and he was a great manager, highly educated, in charge of a lot of things. That's kind of more like the servant that we are. The Lord has given us responsibility for his house. So we are his servant, but we've got great freedom and flexibility to be ourselves, but we have to serve him. We've been called. And um, it's almost like we're a public servant. Now, do you know what a public servant is? When you, say the, when you first say the word public servant, you think of someone who works at Centrelink or the tax department or someone who mows the lawn or local councillor. You know, all of these are public servants. But in ancient times, a public servant was simply a servant that was owned by the government. Because, you know, governments had servants as well. You'd have, you know, an individual might own their own slaves, but the government had slaves as well. And they would get educated slaves or people that were a little bit more able to do things, and they would put them in charge of important jobs. So they were a public servant. They belonged to the government. In a sense, they belonged to everyone. Well, I thought, that's us. We're a public servant. We belong to the Lord, but he's put us here to serve his people. When we serve his people, we're actually serving him, 
So we're a servant of the Lord, but we're a servant of the church, the body of Christ, and we're a servant of our community of Rockhampton. We're a servant of the church in the world because the Lord's called us to serve all these groups of people. So I think we're a kind of a public servant, but not the type you think of at first. (laughs) In any case, we've been given things to do, and the Lord calls us to do them. And we want to be found faithful, don't we? We want to appear before the Lord that day and hear him say, well done. We do want to hear him say that. So, knowing what he wants, being full of faith, and obeying him are all important important things for us to do. So we're going to serve the Lord by listening to him. We're going to serve the Lord by obeying. We're going to serve the Lord through our prayers and we're going to serve the Lord with our faith. In fact, I haven't forgotten scriptures. We've got some scriptures for today. (laughs) Sometimes we have comments on YouTube that say, there was no scripture used in that sermon. (laughs) Very rarely. Now we're going to quickly pop up some scripture today. And um, in John chapter 6, verse 27, scripture that we mentioned last week, the Lord Jesus said, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man, which is Jesus, will give you. But on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So we've been called to work for something that endures. And in verse 29 it tells us one of the ways we can do that. It says... Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. So in other words, it's having faith in what Jesus has told us to do, believing and obeying, trusting, having faith is a big part of the work. And so we, um, you know, we're personally not able to do every single thing that we've been called to do but each person is called to be a part. And if you're not sure of your part, then prayer and faith is certainly something that you are being called to do. You have a job. You've been called to serve and pray. You've been called to give and go, and you've been called to believe. So in terms of practical things, what can you do? Well, you can be a part of mission trips. You can participate in prayer meetings. You can definitely be a part of the week of listening prayer. You can attend church regularly. Say, that's important. I'm coming every week. I'm not missing it for anything. Be a part of your Bible study. Volunteer for things that happen as they happen, like the working bee and many other things. Uh, Visit Mount Morgan. There's a lot of things you can get involved in. Serve in the Sunday school. So there's all local things you can do. When we have a combined churches meeting, support it, boots and all, because that's a part of the bigger picture. Anything we do as a church, be a part of it, and that's how you can be involved. But then when it comes to the bigger picture, pray. Be interested. Consider how you can be a part of mission. Get involved with the video team if you can. And above all, believe. So you've all got lists A list. Each of you have a list. We've been talking about this for weeks, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to the start of January and listen to some earlier messages. But many people here have a list with prayer points for your own personal lives. You're wanting to see a family member saved. We're wanting to see someone healed. Um, 
I'm praying for many things, but I'm praying for God to help me finish my master's degree and to finish it well. Things like that. So we have our personal prayer points. But I'm going to share with you this morning now three things which I think is our church list for the year. And I think these three things summarise quite nicely everything we do um, overall. And I've got three scriptures to go with them. And maybe at some point we'll print something out that you can stick in your Bible. And, um, but for today, I don't have anything to give you, but you all have a pen. If you don't have a pen, you have a phone. You can take notes. So I'm going to give you three scriptures today. And these three scriptures are three prayer points. And these three prayer points are our church list. And we're going to pray this list this year. And we, I believe, are going to see a powerful difference. Here's the first one. It's from Acts chapter 19, verse 20. And it's um, in the city of Antioch, I think. And it says, you know, that various things had happened. They were burning their idols. People were turning to the Lord. And it summarized the whole situation with this. It said, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. And that is our first prayer point. We are going to pray that the word of God will spread widely and grow in power. Now that is something that we can believe for God to do right here in Rockhampton, but also something we can believe for God to do through our influence in many, many other places, online and out in the world, in our books, our publishing, YouTube, mission trips. We want to believe that the word of God will spread widely in many, 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 many places and with power. That's the first prayer point. Well, it happened in the Bible. happened in Acts chapter 19. The Lord does these types of things. And we're going to pray for that, that the Lord will do that with the word that he has given us. That's the first point. The second point is found in, also in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. It was describing the early church, the church of Jerusalem, and it says that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I believe we should pray for the Lord to add to us. And I love the word daily. <laughs> Sometimes churches think about growth as like, I hope someone comes to church on Sunday. You know, think of it like as a one day in the week thing. No, the Lord can add daily. <laughs> he can add to the church on a Tuesday because he's the Lord. And then YouTube can also play a part in that too. Because the, you know, our content can be out there impacting the lives of people every day. Church isn't just for two hours on a Sunday. It can be all the time. But notice how it's the Lord who adds to the church. You can't convince anyone to do anything they don't want to do. But the Lord knows how to touch people's hearts and change them. Isn't he wonderful? You wouldn't be saved if he hadn't touched your heart at some point in your life. So we're going to pray that the Lord will touch the hearts of people and he will add to the church daily. It's something he's done before. It's in the Bible. It happened in the early church of Jerusalem. We're going to believe for the Lord to do that for us. It's our second prayer point. And the last of our prayer points was inspired by my father who last year on a Sunday morning, one Sunday, I gave him the job of leading the morning prayers 
you know how we pray every Sunday for people to get saved? And he got up and he said something like, let's not just pray for people to get saved, let's pray to be fruitful. And there was such power on that idea. I noticed that week, after we all prayed that prayer to be fruitful, how many fruitful things seemed to have happened. And I thought, there's something in that. We're going to pray to be fruitful. So I'm giving you a scripture from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And it says, this is talking about Adam and Eve. God created them. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He was talking about, you know, many things, but certainly included having children. That was the multiply thing. Well, but the point is that God wants us to be fruitful. It's, it's not only something that's in the Bible. It's not only something that's happened in the past. It's something that God is advocating for you to be fruitful. And there are a lot of areas in your life in which you can be fruitful. Fruitful in your service to him. Fruitful in your family and your children and, and healthy and productive and and um, successful in your career and your job and all of it, being fruitful, the Lord's blessing upon you. You know, the Bible says of Joseph that he was successful in everything he did. Why? Because God helped him. He was fruitful. Well, that's our third point this morning. So we're going to believe that the, the word of the Lord will spread widely with power. That's our first prayer point. Secondly, that the Lord will add to the church daily even. Second point. And third point, that God will bless us. So when you pray that, you're not praying for yourself alone. You're praying that God will bless us. This is a, a we thing and that we will be fruitful, each and every person. So when you hear that someone in the church has got a better job or they've been blessed or they've succeeded in some way, you, you will have been a part of that prayer because you're praying that we will be fruitful. So I think these are three wonderful and hopefully easy to remember points. <laughs> and uh, there are plenty of other good things we could pray, but in the end, I'm the pastor and I got to pick the three. <laughs> and I didn't want to pick too many because I wanted it to be something we could remember. So do you think you'll remember those? I think you will, but we'll publish it as well. So what I'm going to do now, we're going to invite the band to come and we'll have a closing song in about two minutes time. But we're not going to do so before we have some prayer. And we're going to pray these three things. So um, I invite everyone to stand and we're going to start by praying the first of these three points. We're going to pray that the word of the Lord would spread widely with power. Now you're going to combine faith with your prayer. Faith isn't just hoping God will hear your prayer. Faith is the awareness that you're standing before him and he's listening to you. So it, it's, faith is an attitude in the way that you pray in that you, come on up, come on up, get ready. You know that you're approaching the Lord and giving him a request. That's, that's faith. Faith isn't just a blind hope. No, it's a deep awareness you're talking to God. So when you pray with faith, you're praying with the knowledge that he's listening to you and you're asking him for something. And when that attitude is there, there's something about that whole thing that makes it very real 
and very serious and you know he's listening to you. That's a prayer with faith. When you know God is listening to you, the Bible tells us he's heard it. So that's what I want with these prayers today. So let us pray with faith. And I think that as we do that today and as we continue to do that through the year, stuff will happen. It'll seem like on its own. (laughs) But it's God at work and he's answering our prayers. It's the most wonderful thing of all. So let's pray that the word of the Lord will spread widely with power. Lord, you have given us your word and it is a powerful word. You said that your word is like a hammer that smashes the rocks. You said your word is like a fire that can burn. Well, Lord, I pray that this year, your word would spread widely and with power through our lives, through our, the example of our faith, through our leaning over the fence and sharing with a neighbour, through our sermons and our videos and our books. Lord, wherever a local Christian from this church is or wherever someone from our channel who follows us is and where they speak, let the Word of God have power in their mouth. Lord, let your Word go everywhere. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's pray the second of these prayers on our list that the Lord will add to the church and He'll add daily. (laughs) It's amazing when people just turn up to church and you don't know how they got there, but the Lord's been at work in their lives. So often you find out He's been at work for years in someone's life, but that's because people pray. So we are going to pray. Join me. Father, I thank You that You know how to build Your church. You know how to add to the church. You know how to take a hold of people whose lives are going downhill and turn them around. You know how to to build lives together and and to make them belong and to, to cause love to enter into the hearts of people. And so now, just like this church in Jerusalem, the early believers, I pray that you would build your church, that you would add to the church daily those who are being saved. Father, I pray, not just on Sundays, but through the week, the lives of people touched by the Holy Spirit, knit them in. Lord, do what you know how to do and what you do so well. In Jesus' name, amen. And the last one, let's pray to be fruitful. (laughs) There are some people that really struggle in life. Sometimes they've just had a bad start in life. Sometimes they've had spiritual oppression against them. Let's believe that all sorts of people will break through all sorts of things this year. You know, when you pray this prayer, think of people in the church that really struggle, people you know, kids that are doing it tough. Just believe for breakthroughs, for fruitfulness, for productivity. I'll tell you what, when you pray for other people and they break through, it gives you so much happiness. You want to be happy? Pray for people. (laughs) Pray for them to be fruitful. Pray for them to be productive. Let's do that right now. Father, I ask that the blessing that you put on Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, which was really a blessing for all people, we bless the church with it today. And I say over the church, may you be blessed in Jesus' name. May you be fruitful in Jesus' name. Multiply in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for breakthroughs in the lives of people, breakthroughs of all sorts, breakthroughs in thinking, breakthroughs in believing, breakthroughs in faith, breakthroughs in developing a daily Bible habit, fruitfulness in in school and in work and study and in health, fruitfulness with money and investing and in serving and in giving 
fruitfulness, in joy and in worship and in praise. Lord, bless the people of God here at peace. Make them be fruitful. And Lord, also those who join us online. Lord, there there are more people online than here in the building. Bless them. May they be fruitful too. May the word of God be in them with strength. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a good year ahead. Grace is upon us. The Lord is with us. What could be better than that? (laughs) So be full of faith and be full of cheer. Yes, we have our difficulties in life, but what did Paul say? They were momentary, they're temporary, but the joy and the things that God gives us are permanent. Isn't that wonderful? God bless you. Let us sing.